Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. I am Craig WK, and with me is my compatriot, Sean the Arcade Phantom. How's it going, everybody? Sean, I am pretty excited to be talking about this, and I feel like that we're going to get into some contention here because you didn't seem as excited. Okay, I want to preface this. I love this episode. You're damn well better. It's one of my favorites, <laughs> but it has some problems that I noticed, and I want to point them out as we go. Well, let's... Hope that we don't murder each other by the end of the episode, because I love separate vocations. Sean, when did this episode first air? February 27th, 1992. Yeah, so after taking some standardized tests, Bart and Lisa are offered potential jobs for the future. And while Bart embraces justice, Lisa finds herself sliding into chaos. Which is the way you should go. Chaos is the way to go. I mean, unless it's law and order that has been decreed by Craig WK, in which case... Then it's justice at that point. (laughs) Yeah, then you should follow it. So, Sean, tell me, what was going on in the world uh, around this time in 1992? Okay, so I'm a giant video game nerd. Right. And I loved the Ninja Turtles growing up. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody our age did. Pretty much. But there was a show that was similar to Ninja Turtles. That only lasted for one season. Oh, yeah? And it had a great NES game and a great arcade game that came out for it. Oh? Can you name that show? Um, Similar to Ninja Turtles, um, but one season? One season, great NES game, great arcade game. Um, I don't know of an arcade game, but Bucky O'Hare? Bucky O'Hare came yes! out in 1992. Woo! I... Really? What was the arcade game like? The arcade game's a beat-em-up, and it's better than the NES game. What? You've never played it? No! Tonight, you're going (laughs) to not illegally download and play that, but it is amazing. Man, I'm going to have to look into that. I didn't know that existed. The NES game is a lot of fun. It's very good. Yeah, Konami produced both the arcade game and the NES game. Konami did really good arcade games back then. It is hard as hell. Is it? Yep. Um, hmm. So the arcade game runs on the same engine that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and The Simpsons run on. Okay, that's awesome. I'm going to have to look into this. Uh, so what's going on in the world? Depress me now that I've got your hopes up for Bucky O'Hare. So this is not actually bad news. This is just kind of uh, just weird news. So a government-commissioned panel in Japan recommended that a new capital city be built as Tokyo was too crowded with a population of around 8 million. 40 miles outside of Tokyo was around 22,249 acres, room enough to bring in what they estimated to be 600,000 people, and it would cost Japan, you know, only $107 billion to build a new capital. That's nothing. They, they, Japan's economy was booming in the early 90s. And this is proof of that. They were so packed in their capital city. They were just like, why don't we just get a new capital city? Let's we'll just throw money at it and make it happen. So Japan's economy was booming in the mid-90s because they actually didn't have tax until the 80s. Oh. Standardized taxing came out in the mid-80s. It's actually a giant plot point in Yakuza 0. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so Japan's economy exploded into the 80s and into the 90s. And this is just like, this. I feel like this is just the cherry on top to show you how ridiculous it was. They were just going to throw money to make a new capital. That's dumb, right? I mean, they did it again when they made Tokyo <laughs> 3. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I brought this to Evangelion. Oh, well, you know, the last Tokyo was destroyed, you know, when a meteor, quote unquote, fell into the planet. Um, Half our listeners have no idea what we're talking about. (laughs) And if they have a Netflix account, go watch Neon Genesis Evangelion and then watch it again because you didn't understand it the first time. And then hit me and Craig up. Oh, and uh, 
make sure that you're, you're going to be in a good mental place when you watch that movie, End of Evangelion. Just, you know, don't go there when you're not feeling good. Uh, but let's talk about the episode. So, so first off, mm-hmm. got to talk about the opening shot of the school. Yeah. Is that a reused animation? Probably. It looks like the same animation from Bart Gets an F. And I noticed that a lot in this episode, which was my big point of contention. Okay, now I will say there is quite a lot of reused footage. Yes, I have certainly noticed that. There's a lot of like moments where like maybe Bart is talking or something, and it's him from like an earlier season. Yeah, us breaking down like fifty something episodes right now kind of made me into an anal nerd. <laughs> like so, you weren't one already. Yeah. Well, now I'm noticing even stupider things and getting angry by them. <laughs> Yeah, no, there, there is quite a lot of reused footage in this episode, and I will say that that is a, you know, it definitely detracts a bit when the animation quality shifts down a bit and then shifts back up. Because let's face it, by season three here, the animation style is kind of the way it's going to be for quite a while. Yeah, you I know? mean, we're pretty much stuck with the same animation until probably well into the fan fiction years. Yeah, I think so. I think season 14 mm-hmm. is when they started doing digital animation instead of actual classic cell animation. I, think, I could be wrong on that. It might be a little later. It might be like 15, 16, but it's somewhere in there. Yeah, at the very least, it is in fan fiction. I know that much. So the the episode begins, and uh, Mrs. Grabapple says that she has a surprise for the students. And I love all the kids have their own idea of what the surprise is. So, Millhouse is imagining, like, a Native American wrestling an alligator? Which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's cool, but, like, why? Millhouse is a tough guy in this episode, as we'll learn from his future that he was going to get from this test. <sighs> yeah, we see how well this test did. So, uh, Sherry or Terry, I'm not sure which, is imagining one of the happy little elves, the, the green elves in The Simpsons, with, like, a beard handing out ice cream, and... Uh, Bart is imagining Krabappel as an alien, and he's like, I knew it. He's not wrong. Uh, but instead, it's a test, and the students aren't feeling it. As the screen pans down, I notice there's a snake in the framework. Yeah. Is that Lumpy, the school snake? I think that's Lumpy, the school snake. <laughs> so, so the test, you forgot to mention, it's a great name. Oh, uh, it's, uh, uh, hold on. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. There was one other thing I wanted to mention in okay. Krabappel's class. Uh, she mentions that she went to Bryn Mawr, uh, yeah. which is a uh, a women's liberal arts college in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. It's a real school. Yeah, and she really pours on the sad for her backstory. <laughs> her husband ran away with her marriage counselor is now running naked on the beach with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you, you feel for Krabappel. Mr. Krabappel is getting it. Yeah, from the marriage counselor. That's just... That's how you counsel a marriage, let me tell you. <laughs> That's shady as fuck. Hell yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, so the, the, the test is called CANT. What is it? The Career um, Aptitude Normalizing Test. Thank you. I, I couldn't think of what the uh, each word is, I, but I knew it was CANT. Uh, Which I love that name. It reminds me of, we had standardized testing over here in Michigan. MEEP. We had the MEEP. I don't remember what it stood for. But Michigan Educational Anal Program. Assassination. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. I have no idea. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. <laughs> yeah, I just remember making that noise every yeah. time I heard the test. Every kid did that because you got it in the third grade and you just sat around going, meep, meep. So, Sean, I have a pop quiz for you. Oh, sh- I knew you were going to bring a quiz into this. So, if you could be any one animal, which would you be? A carpenter ant? Carpenter ant? Nurse shark or a lawyer bird? A lawyer bird. <laughs> that doesn't exist. Oh, I know it doesn't exist. Do you know what happens if you look up the lawyer bird on Google? It brings up bird law. It brings up bird law from <laughs> It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> because you know a lawyer bird would get along well with Charlie Kelly. Yeah. Oh, uh, did you see uh, what Bart answered for that? He answered C. Yes, he did. Lawyer bird. And uh, Lisa's class, things are going a little differently. Uh, she's excited about the test. Also, I love the little, I think it's a little black girl in the background who, like, uh, uh, Lisa's like, all right, a test. And the girl just shakes her head no. <laughs> and it's so good. The next chance you get, if you haven't seen that, make sure to catch that. Even Janie looks at Lisa like, what is your problem? So I noticed that the My Dingling kid is in her class in this episode. And he's very prevalent in the background. 
Yeah, so that's uh, one of the weird things is at the end of this scene, as the like as they're like finishing up the test or whatever, that little black girl changes to the little white boy. I think yeah, it's the dingling. It changes kid. to the exact same seat. Yeah, he he's been actually showing up a little a fair bit for not having a name or anything. He's got a name, I just don't remember what it is. It's oh. something really dumb. Oh, you know what? You're probably right. Most of the kids in have fact, names. I, I think his name is in reference to a Monty Python skit. Most children have names. What dummies? Uh, I don't have a name. Listen here, Arcade Phantom, whose name I don't know or remember or care to know. He killed his own name. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's that's brutal. Uh, and so the, the kids fill out the test. You know, and some of the questions are like, do you prefer the smell of gasoline, french fries, or bank customers? Lisa fills out bank customers. Yeah. That seems weird, right? Like, I, what kid wouldn't put french fries? Uh, I mean, I'd put gasoline. You're one of those weirdos who likes the smell of gasoline. I have no sense of smell, so I don't even know any of these answers. All right, fair enough. Did you get a bottle rocket watch? Never mind. So I, uh, they finish the test, and you know Hoover's like, you know, stare straight ahead for the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite jokes <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> Janie, school's never a waste of time. All right, we got fifteen minutes left, so uh, stare straight ahead for the next fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hoover's such a bad teacher. Like, Kerbobble doesn't care. She's broken by her marriage. Mm-hmm. Hoover's just bad. Yeah, you're not wrong. Hoover's not a great teacher. And we see that time and time again. There's very, very infrequently is Hoover a good teacher. Yeah, I don't, I can't really think of a time she was. So, security then comes in to pick up these tests. Why are there two security guards for these tests? I never saw him pick the meep away. Maybe this happened with that. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, So it gets sent off to Iowa, an Iowa non-international airport, which, by the way, I wanted to to double check and see. I was like, man, I wonder if I can figure out where this would be in Iowa. But they have 122 airports. There's no way I would figure that out. We'll name all 122. Let's go. Uh, Well, number one is I don't care. Number two is I've never been to Iowa. Number three is I don't know if I plan... Actually, I don't know. Iowa might be nice. I've never been. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I like corn. They have corn, right? <laughs> I like how you based your decision on going to a state on. They got corn, right? That that corn's good. I mean, yeah. Like, you know, if I'm going to go, it's for a reason. And one of those reasons is food. And so, you know, they're, they're all about corn there, right? Mm, corn. <laughs> good old corn. Uh, so it gets sent off to Proctorville, uh, Iowa. Which does not exist. But there is a Proctorville in Ohio. So it's a shame that, you know, they didn't just switch the state around. Uh, But it goes to a facility that's been controlling your destiny since 1925. Uh, The names that flash by as the tests go through before the machine kind of craps out for a bit. Wesley Smith, Debbie Silver, Lisa Simpson, Bart Simpson, and then the machine breaks down, and the old man with the broom is like, come on, Emma, like hits the hits the machine with a broom, and then it starts back up again. Okay, have you ever hit anything to make it work? Yes. <laughs> so Everything. I was working one time with a printer that kept jamming, uh-huh. and I didn't realize there were any customers in the store I was in, uh-huh. and I just started beating the hell out of that thing, <laughs> like just kicking it, and this old woman walks up to me, this sweet little old lady, and she's like, I don't think that's going to help it. <laughs> you stay out of this old lady or I'll be hitting you next, too. Oh, I just think of that every time Homer hits something like the TV or they hit like something with a broom. I'm just like, I beat the crap out of a printer and got caught. Stupid TV. Be more funny. So uh, we, we cut back to the school sometime later. We don't know how much time has passed. And Dr. J. Lauren Pryor is giving all the students uh, uh, counseling to let them know what, uh, what the results were. I like J. Lauren Pryor. He's, he's he's a bland character, but I, I like him a lot. He's very bland, but I kind of like his voice. The he, way he delivers his lines is very good. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I, I like the voice that uh, oh, Shearer gave it, him. It's Harry Shearer. Harry yeah. Shearer, I believe so. And so uh, I have a list of all the students and what they got. Did you, uh, do you want me to go through that? Go through that list, and I'm going to bring up some points about some of these, because okay. one of them I got on. Sure. Janie has architect. I can see that. Yeah, Janie's nice. smart. Uh, the My Dingling Kid has insurance salesman. Yeah, like yeah. buying insurance yeah. from that kid. <laughs> Can't even make his own volcano. Yeah, right? Ralph has salmon gutter. <laughs> which is awesome. Which he does not seem thrilled about. 
we we know what Ralph's job is because of fan fiction in the future. Oh. Yeah, in future Simpsons, Ralph is actually a police officer. Not a salmon gutter. Not a salmon gutter. Man. Millhouse has... And this isn't yeah. real. Yeah, this is the one I wanted to bring up because... <laughs> military strongman? Can you see Millhouse as a fucking military strongman? Well, first off, no. <laughs> but second off, what is a military strongman? That's not a real position. It's a tough guy who beats the shit out of all the other people. It's, it's Drill Nel- sergeant? It's Nelson if he went to the <laughs> army. I, I mean... When Nelson goes to the army. Well, yeah, and it's inevitable, I guess. That or he becomes a vagabond? Hmm. So, Bart's, I'm going to have you skip because I'm going to bring that up at the end of the episode. Oh, sure. Uh, so, uh, Martin has systems analyst and Lisa has homemaker, which we're going to find that this is a very big point of contention for Lisa. And Bart has police officer. Yeah, th- this is very sexist. The homemaker attitude. And it really pisses me off because I talked recently about how. Mm-hmm. Homemakers, stay-at-home moms, are some of the toughest working people that exist out there. Well, sure. I, I would definitely agree with that. I, I feel like... It's... And they don't show that with Marge in this episode. We just had a Marge episode a couple episodes ago about how hard it is to be her. And now they're just like, oh, yeah, it's homemaker, whatever. Yeah, they don't do a good job with that. You're very true. That's that very is my true. point of contention with this episode. <sighs> That's very fair. They they don't do a good job of showing that is hard work. However, I will also say that it's kind of weird that a school standardized test has homemaker as an option. Yeah, like you're just going to raise kids, whatever. Like, I just feel like that's weird, right? That, that wouldn't show up on a test. There's <laughs> no, no way. <laughs> so, so I don't know if I ever told this story on here. Mm-hmm. Did, do you remember in freshman year of high school, we had to take a test mm-hmm. where it was we had to basically fill out what we wanted to be and then take a test and it would tell us what we should be? I kind of remember doing something like that. Sure. So I did it with our whatever my counselor's name was. I don't remember. I don't care. <laughs> uh-huh. And I listed that I wanted to be a pirate as my position <laughs> in life. And she's like, you can't be a pirate, Sean. Pirates don't exist anymore. I was like, but, but I want to be one. Senior year of high school, off the coast of Somalia, there were pirate attacks left and right taking over cruise ships. I remember that. Grabbed the newspaper from the school store, walked into her office, and slammed it on her desk and said, you fucking lied to me, bitch. (laughs) So that's what I think of with standardized testing, telling me what I should and shouldn't be. The I'm best, gonna be a pirate. The <laughs> best part is, is she had no memory of that happening. No, no, she was she just like, no what is this bad man? <laughs> this maniac's come in here with like a month left of school. He's gonna shoot us all over being a pirate. What is happening? Oh good lord. This is the next Columbine because he could be a pirate. Man, wouldn't there be egg on her face? <laughs> So, back home, Lisa is pretty devastated. And she's like, a homemaker? I might as well be dead. And Marge is, like, sitting right there. And she's like, Lisa, it's not all bad. And uh, I will say, there are some really humorous points like that with the fact that, like, Marge is a homemaker. The fact that she gets to be like, wait, I'm just, I'm sitting right here, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just feel the placement for this episode should have been a couple episodes before Probably. Yeah, you're you're right about that. I wonder if this one was made before. It probably was made before. That could be. But it really bugged me after just making notes on that last episode. Yeah, the fact that like Marge goes from super underpre- underappreciated and then we get into an episode where it's like trivializing. It's trivializing it even worse than it was in that previous episode. Yeah, that is weird. You're not wrong. Uh, but I love this episode. I don't oh, don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. I love this episode. It's great. Just it bugged me. <laughs> When Homer asks what Bart got, he's like, policeman, and Homer starts choking. Uh, And also, at that point, Marge is like, oh, your father wanted to be a policeman, but they said he was uh, uh, too heavy. And he said, no, the army said I was too heavy. The police said I was too dumb. Poor Homer. Uh, Lisa, however, has other plans. She wants to be a musician. She wants to be popular in France. She wants to avoid drugs, have torrid love affairs, possibly die young. She hasn't decided yet. Do you decide dying young? I mean... When you're contemplating suicide, you do, and we know she has depression. (laughs) That's not a good sign. Uh, And then at the end of that scene, Homer's like, isn't anyone going to follow in my footsteps? I mean, I would want to follow in Homer's footsteps. The kids could call me Homer Jr. or Hoju. I'm not going to follow in his footsteps. I don't even want to go to the bathroom after the guy. So 
at Little Ludwig's Music School. Uh, the music teacher there is, you know, he seems kind of, uh, uh, you know, into Lisa's music. She plays, she sounds good, and he's like, oh, sh-, you know, like, she's like, do I have talent? And or, or Marge asks if she has talent, and he's like, oh, sure, and, you know, she's like, oh, so I can, you know, be a jazz musician? And he's like, oh, Lord, no, and he's going to be frank with her, and by frank, <laughs> you know, he means devastating, <laughs> and she has stubbiness. Which I understand all too well. Yeah, I don't. I have these nice, slender, long fingers like a spider. Don't fuck yourself, John. You it's fucking great. Hate you. It's fucking great. They crawl around like a little spider. I have like meat cutter hands. I am thick and huge. Uh, and so it cuts to Homer, which I feel like this episode did a good job of doing a lot of cutaways. The way they do the cutaways is really good in this <laughs> Homer, episode. Homer's beard just <laughs> falls out of his hand and he's like, stupid fingers. And. It starts to dawn on on Lisa, like all of her hope is starting to get knocked away, and she realizes she does have stubby fingers, and she's not feeling it. Back at home, as uh, Homer answers the doorbell, he finds the police standing there, and he's like, no, 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 I thought that copper wire was getting thrown out, and they're like, no, we don't care, and Homer's like, good for you, straighten the boy out, and Bart's going to do a ride-along. Oh, man, we forgot one of J. Lauren Pryor's best lines with Bart. Oh, yeah? When he tells Bart that he should be a police officer, he tells Bart he can arrange a ride-along for him. Hey, <laughs> I don't need you getting me into the back of a police car. <laughs> Bart's so cocky. I love it. Oh, it's so good. And so, you know, they're going out. The police explain that their batons are for clubbing people, and they're not clubs. And we get a cutaway of Mrs. Winfield. Yeah. And this <laughs> might be one of the last Mrs. Winfield jokes that are in The Simpsons, because I can't think of too many more after this. We get her right when she moves out, when the powers move in. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's uh, the end of the, the Winfields being around. And yeah, she's like, sees Bart going into the cop car. And she's like, well, it's about time. Does she show up in Dog of Death? No. I okay. don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't believe so. I. Uh, you know, so the, the police are taking Bart around, and they brag about how they can run red lights, park wherever they please, hot and cold running chicks. Yeah. That's so douchey. Women love a man in uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the bro laugh and the weird hand motion. I'd appreciate it if you never did that again. Yeah. Oh, I got in super bro mode there for a second. I'm not even a bro. <laughs> I'm not even in uniform. <laughs> But you know what? At the end of the day, they know they made a difference. Uh, they then go by Mayor Quimby, who's at uh, the U or I'm sorry, the Who's to Know Motel. Uh, did you catch what his license plate is? No, I didn't catch his license plate. I rule you. Oh, mm-hmm. how yeah. cute! Yeah, and he's pulling the electorate. <laughs> hey, you stop that! So I uh, who we cut to the the inside of the motel and as the cop car goes by and Wiggum's like you know so would you like a street named after you as he's like hanging out with like I don't know just some woman some I we we don't know who this lady is she never shows up again as most women who are around Quimby don't maybe she's the blonde from the third row no she had brown hair I think you're right <laughs> yeah she had brown hair so it's not the blonde from the third row I. Uh, Meanwhile, Lisa is heartbroken. She's writing in her journal that the she'll no longer write in the journal as it was a book of her hopes and dreams, and now she has none. Been there, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. I you, you got to feel for Lisa in this episode because, you know, it really feels like everything's going against her, you know. I... As the cops go by, we see it's getting uh, the Quickie Mart is getting robbed by Snake, uh, who's not even been named yet, has he? Nope, he's just Jailbird for a while. He's yeah. not even Snake yet. Yeah. Uh, Bart's like, "Do you need straight A's to be a cop?" And both Eddie and Lou start cracking up. And Bart's, you know, like, "Let's shoot some bad guys. Let's do some stuff." And the, you know, two cops in the front are like, "Listen, you know, people see McBain movies." Which is interesting that they they use McBain as a way of referencing action movies in, within the universe. Yeah, it's kind of weird, and I kind of like that they do that. Yeah, me too. Because, I mean, it'd be the same thing as saying, oh, yeah, people see St- Stallone movies. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think that's one of the things I appreciate about that scene. Uh, however, Snake, otherwise known as Jailbird, cuts the cops off and keeps going. And it's just like, why, after robbing a store, would you ro- cut anybody off? 
Just drive at a normal speed, right? Because he doesn't care. All right, I that's mean, fair. What's, what's his license plate? His personalized plate, Craig? Oh, uh, it is, uh, let's see. Uh, eggplant, Xerxes, crybaby, overbite, narwhal? Uh, oh, X-Con. Uh, X-Con. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, that's an incredibly inferior way of, of using phonetics. Phonetics? Phonetic? Library? Uh, what is the phrase for when you have words put to letters? I don't remember. It, uh, but anyway, it's not alphanumeric. I don't remember what it is. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, by the way, the uh, proper phrase would have been Echo X-Ray Charlie Oscar November. You know, that's the yeah. military way of doing it. But Narwhal's so much more fun. <laughs> Narwhal. Uh, Xerxes, come on. <laughs> the fact that he knew Xerxes makes me so happy. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Xerxes was uh, uh, the the king of, oh, what was it? Uh, they went against the the uh, uh, movie 300. Yeah, the Persians. Persians, that's what it was. Is it the king of Persia or is he just a lord? I believe it was Lord. Some Lord of of Persia, Xerxes. Man, we should we should watch three hundred and just do a stupid Patreon episode that has nothing to do with the Sims. Remember, about a bunch of shirtless guys kicking people. You remember how Xerxes was? Uh, well, we have last action podcast on the network for that. Yeah, I that's suppose. true. Uh, by the way, how much money do you think he Snake is really going to get off these scratch offs that he has stolen? Not much. Yeah, I wouldn't think. They, they all look like small scratch-offs, and I wanted to bring that up, actually. Mm-hmm. They look like they're dollar scratch-offs. Yeah. On average, a dollar scratch-off has an odds of 1 in 5.7. That's not great. When you get up to the um, $20 scratch-offs, it's 1 in 2.5. So Snake would have been better off buying big, or stealing the bigger scratch-off tickets. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he stole a register worth of yeah. stuff, but even then, how much does a register have? Not much. Yeah, not a ton. Although at a convenience store, maybe it's a little more because it's not like there's frequent stops at like a safe or anything. I don't, I don't know how that works. Ah, uh, Sanjay has to take it out to the deposit. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll see that in another episode. Yeah. I. Uh, so we have uh, uh, cuts to Apu, who's talking about the nylon rope being almost sensuous. <laughs> Just so weird. That's a weird cut. It really is. Uh, we and, never go back to a poo after this. We don't see anyone untie him. I'm sure he'll be fine. I hope. Uh, I also love the fact that the co- uh, uh, snake in the cops' car chase makes the guy crash into the milk truck, which explodes. Yes, <laughs> so good. That starts stupid things exploding that shouldn't explode in The Simpsons. Yeah, that is the first time that happens, yeah. isn't it? So the car chase cuts to uh, or or goes across town and ends in a parking lot where it's dead end. It's only one way in and one way out. And so the cops seemingly block the exit, but maybe they don't. The perspective's a little hard to tell. They'd be crazy not to block it, but like we're going to see in a few moments that they didn't. Yeah, they didn't block the exit all the way, which is dumb. Dumb, but maybe because they were smart enough to, to bring their car through, which how did Snake... We'll get to the end of this, and I'll <laughs> bring that point up in a second. Yeah, it's so okay. dumb. Okay. So they don't have backup, so they give a revolver to a child with three bullets. Dude, they gave Bart a handgun. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. It's also weird that it even just happened in The Simpsons. So the the two cops go to start, you know, fanning out and find Snake somewhere, which feels weird. Like, why, why are they not waiting for backup? He's trapped. And so the Snake revs the engine down the parking lot. Bart's alone in the alley. Snake steps on the gas, and Bart fires the gun. It only has three bullets. The shots all go wide, and he then throws the gun, which does nothing, and Bart is about to die. Until the commercial break hits, and did you catch the title of the second act of the episode? Act two, Death Drives a Stick. Yeah, real weird. And then... Uh, which I'm sure they're they're just emulating old like police dramas or whatever. Yeah. And uh, Snake is really quick to want to murder a child. <laughs> well, who isn't? I want to murder a child at a daily. Touche. And so the car then goes careening towards Bart, and then somehow the alley gets uh, 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 more compact in the middle, 
and then it squeezes in the car, and Bart is saved. Oh, no, Little Bandit. (laughs) Yeah, Little Bandit is messed up. Okay, how did Snake get in there? How did he get into the alleyway? Well, the police went in there, too. How did they get in the alleyway? Mm, Why did they have the bowl, Craig? Why did they have the bowl? (laughs) It's it's kind of funny, like, in an offhand way. It, like, doesn't make any sense, of course. Uh, But that's their way of explaining Bart living. But I'm sure what they did is they used that scene for commercials. Oh, yeah. There's no way they didn't. That's where the commercial break is. Yeah. Well, no, I meant, like, even, like, commercials, like, to advertise the episode. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to Bart in this episode? And then it's just everything's fine. And uh, I like that Wiggum pops in and uh, he's like, you just bought a lottery ticket to jail. And he's like, he's unconscious, chief. And he's like, I can still hear things. (laughs) Uh, And then he makes Bart an honorary police officer. Eddie, give him your badge. (laughs) Hey. And uh, Bart's, you know, things are going pretty well for Bart. Lisa isn't doing so well. She's not feeling this homemaker thing. No, she's kind of given up on life at this point. Yeah. And then, like, Marge, you know, kind of doesn't help because rather than talking about how being a homemaker isn't necessarily like you're somebody's maid and and instead, you know, impressing upon her, it's taking care of an entire family, doing all this stuff, and there's a lot to it. She's like, hey, I there's ways you can be creative. She's trying to appeal to Lisa's sensibilities, and it's not working. She's like, look how creative I am by making this, like, plate of eggs and bacon into a smiley face. And Lisa's like, they're not going to notice. And she's like, you'd be surprised. And they didn't notice as they scarfed down the food. And, I mean, shout out to Marge for trying. Like, she's really doing her best to, like, try to get Lisa not to hate life but rather than like saying hey Lisa let's make sure you're a musician let's do everything we can to make that happen she's more so like hey being a homemaker's cool and it's just falling flat to yeah. Lisa uh, and so in the rumpus room Bart's making Maggie uh, uh, do a finger uh, finger uh, fingerprint test or uh, 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 he's getting her fingerprints yeah and ink's going like all over the place he's like thank you for your cooperation ma'am and Bart's really taken to this cop thing uh, in fact uh, uh, when Mar- Marge starts to yell at the dog for eating like the entire chocolate cake Bart you has apparently uh, pulled back out his spy camera which we haven't seen in a season or so? Yeah, over a season. Yeah, and uh, uh, it shows photos of Homer eating the cake, and I love that they end with a picture of Homer on the counter eating, <laughs> eating the, the cake. cake. Just devouring it. It's so good. Uh, and uh, one of the pictures, of course, is of Bart's butt, because it wouldn't be a Simpsons episode if Bart's butt wasn't there. And Marge tries to convince Lisa, though. And she's like, Lisa, why aren't you at band practice? And Lisa's like, if you liked or like if you like the band so much, why don't you join? Or like, why don't you join the band or whatever? And I got to say, if I had told that to my mother, I'd have had the hell beat out of me. Oh, she would have thrown you down the stairs and then beat the crap out of you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no two ways about that. And so that is kind of an interesting point I'd like to make is that even with Lisa, there's no discipline in this house. The kids say whatever they want, and they don't really face punishment, whether they're Bart or Lisa. I, uh, but I, <laughs> I love that Marge tried to convince her that, like, you know, hey, you know, they could be wrong about the test, and like, you know, you're this music teacher and stuff. And she talks about how people can be wrong, and she has a flashback of when she's a kid, and Patty and Selma are like saying that there's never going to be female astronauts, and Marge is like, there is two. We're going to live on cities on the moon. And then she's like, see, Lisa, anybody can be wrong. I mean, even me. I mean, I was wrong about the cities on the moon thing, so you can see how anyone's wrong. And Lisa's not feeling it. Which, by the way, the first female in space was Valentina Teresh- uh, Tereshkova, uh, who was from the now former uh, USSR, who went into space in 1963. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Which makes you wonder, this would have happened... So Marge would have been a child in that scene before 63. And yeah, that kind of pans out, right? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, because in 19, what was it? 1976, they graduated? Yeah, 76, they graduated. And that she would have been 18. So uh, 
No, maybe it was 74 they graduated. Oh, I think you're right. I think it was 74. Uh, so that actually is probably makes a little more sense. She'd have been like, what, nine-ish? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, at the school, we have Principal Skinner, who's talking uh, out loud to the statue, which is the Puma? Is that how you pronounce Puma? Because I pronounce it Puma. It's the Puma. Is it pronounced Puma? Have I been pronouncing Puma, Puma wrong this whole time? It's like the Jaguar. 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 Puma? Jaguar. Puma? Puma. <laughs> I don't get it. Leon. What? Uh, what? <laughs> uh, Tigre. <laughs> Stop that. Uh, and so uh, I love that Skinner calls it the principle of the mountains. <laughs> it's also weird that mountain lions, pumas, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, attack kids on occasion. Is that apt to call it the principle? Well, maybe. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, the principles are decades. <laughs> every- <laughs> yeah, all right, I guess. Uh, so Lisa is just not feeling it. You know, like Janie's like, oh, Lisa, did you, you know, study up for the test on the vowels? And like Lisa's like, I'm about to chuck the whole stinking alphabet, which I don't know what that means necessarily, but it sounds rebellious. She doesn't care. That's what that's, it means. Okay, that's fair. So she goes into the bad girl bathrooms. Yeah, she does. Is that, I mean, like, I don't know that that's a, well, maybe it's a thing now. It wasn't when we were kids. We had a bad boy bathroom. You don't remember the bad boy bathroom? No. Let's say I was just in it, and that's why I don't remember it. That's the bathroom we were in. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. All those rafscallions were in there, smoking in the boys' room. Don't remember that. I remember pooping in the boys' room. That's that's about all. You ruined the jokes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, I uh, Lisa goes in though, and Janie's a little worried about her, and, and Lisa blows her off. And the the girls in there are smoking, and they're talking about what they want to egg. And so when they're like, "You want to go egg, you know, Skinner's car?" Oh, okay. And the the girls are about to leave, and they go to shoo Lisa out, and Lisa convinces them, "Well, why don't you egg the one thing that Skinner most believes in?" And we cut to the teepeed and egged Puma statue. Puma? Puma? Whatever. And Skinner says that he saw some awful things in Nam. He's comparing this to Vietnam. He was a POW in Nam. He watched his friend Johnny get shot holding a valentine. And this is the awful thing. This is the worst. That shouldn't be funny to me, but I'm dying laughing at it. Skinner declares that no good Nicks run the school. He was shot in the back at a USO show. <laughs> and he thinks this is the worst. I mean, who who would desecrate a, a helpless Puma statue? Puma? Puma? Whatever. And... Uh, as, as Skinner is lamenting the statue, we hear groundskeeper Willie yelling. And he's like, oh, I need a half day. And he walks outside, and the police are taking uh, Willie away, to which Willie then declares revenge on Bart. And that he, he's like, I'll get you, Bart Simpson, if it's the last thing I do. And uh, apparently uh, Willie was... Uh, uh, Burning leaves without a permit. Yeah, and... That is kind of a thing. There, are clean air laws started in 1963, and so I mean, every city, every you know state has their own like specific laws on that. So I'm not going to really get into details on that. But I uh, basically Bart got his first taste of authority, and he liked it. This isn't good for Springfield Elementary. No, it's not. So Skinner offers Bart a hall monitor position, and. You know, Bart's like, is that squealing on other kids? And Skinner's like, that's the meat of it, yeah. <laughs> and then we get a weird guest star. Yeah. There's so many interesting cutaways in this episode. So, Sean, who appears before us in the next scene? No, no, you take this one because... It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Bart has a, like, in his mind is, is like, you know, uh, is a witness in a trial. Like, for some mob boss who, like, murdered somebody. And they cover up his voice. 
And they use Steve Allen's voice. <laughs> they use Steve Allen a lot in the show. Yeah, they really but this do. This is the first time they use Steve Allen. Oh, it is. And it's great. So Steve Allen, uh, for those who don't know, was born in 1921. He sadly died in 2000. Uh, but Steve Allen was an American television personality, radio personality, musician, composer, actor, comedian, writer. Uh, he was a ton of stuff. And uh, in 1954, he uh, got real famous because he started and well, co-created and was the first host of The Tonight Show. So, mm-hmm. for those wondering why Steve Allen is used so much in The Simpsons, it is because he is where a lot of The Simpsons writers in the early years got their comedy chops from. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, all those writers would have been watching Steve Allen. Yeah, it's much like if, how we get our comedy stylings from The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They would have got it from Steve Allen. So Steve Allen is the grandfather of our comedy stylings. He pretty much is. And, you know, Steve Allen is is kind of a funny guy. He is a really distinct voice. And so it's great that when, like, he's like, you know, he's like, I saw Mr. Maroney, uh, like, you know, bar- like putting uh, the, the late so-and-so in a bar- like a barrel or an oil drum and sealing it in and kicking off the bay. He's like, I kill you. He's like, I caramba. And I, I just love that he just imitating Bart there. It's great. And... Skinner finally wins Bart over by offering, you get to wear a sash. And Bart's like, you got yourself a narc. And Bart just like, not like, I mean, it's not abusing his power that much so much as he is just showboating, like like showing off his power. Yeah. You know, he he like, you know, uh, wanders around the hall. He like talks to people and he's like, hey, you know, keeping your nose clean, Jimbo. Hey, who loves you? You know, like Janie and like, you know, all this other stuff. And uh, uh, he regulates kids at the drinking fountain. He stops bullies from giving Millhouse pink belly. He starts wearing sunglasses too, like a cop. Yeah, he does. Also, I... Uh, uh, did you ever see Pink Belly anytime in school, like as far as like a, a prank? See or give? Yes. Yes is the answer. Uh, apparently that's a military hazing thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, and then Millhouse even gets it's a wedgie. It's also a college uh, hazing thing. Oh, college hazing too? Yeah, I'm not too surprised, I suppose. Uh, in the, uh, uh, you know, in the, the room... Uh, you know, Homer and Marge are talking, and well, we have Bart's <laughs> grades are up this, semester. you know, up a little bit. Leases are down. Homer is a little confused for a bit, and uh, you know, basically, uh, we'll talk about that later. But I, uh, I, you know, Homer just wants them to have two good kids. I mean, three. Yeah, three. <laughs> so, <laughs> at school, the uh, uh, the next day. Ralph is eating his paste and, you know, Hoover is like, you know, like, you know, you better not be eating your paste. He's like, no, no, Hoover. And she's like, good. And she looks down. She's like, Lisa, I don't see you like, a, you know, putting in sparkles. And Lisa goes, shove it, <laughs> which is maybe one of her best lines of the episode, telling Hoover to shove it. And she's got a, a toothpick in her mouth. Ah, yes, she does. She's a badass now. Yeah, she is. In the principal's office, you know, since she's been sent there, uh, Skinner's like, Lisa, you know, I've never never seen a fall from grace as much as yours. He's like, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? Oh, <laughs> oh she's man. a badass. <laughs> super, super badass. The bad girls are impressed with her. Uh, also, their mirror is broken in this scene, and it shows their the uh, clothes in a different color. Yeah, that's weird. Mirrors break and show different colors. That's how mirrors work. work. Yeah. But they decide Lisa's one of them. They're going to give her a cigarette. But you know what? She'll smoke it in class. Whoa. And yeah, Lisa, at least you can tell that Lisa is is reveling in, in the chaos. But she's not off the edge yet. She's teetering. Like, she's not willing to start smoking or anything. But she is going to keep rebelling. So, I... You know, Bart apparently has been doing a great job, though. Some corridors of the school, Skinner was afraid to go down, but not anymore. That's weird for an elementary school, right? Eh, eh. I mean, my elementary school, we had, well, we, had a, we were the huggers, so I mean, yeah. we all loved each other. Mm-hmm. We were a good, nice, happy community. Mine was not that happy, but it still wasn't that bad. Although, over by the shop room, not a lot of kids went down that way. All right, so yeah, maybe this one, maybe, maybe my school was as bad as Springfield Elementary. <laughs> uh, 
the bar- you had a shop room in elementary. I it was like a, it was I think it used to be a shop room that they converted into like a, like a janitor storage area because it had like a lot of like equipment and heavy stuff like heavy machinery like oh, okay. stuff like that I I vaguely remember looking into that room but the, we never actually had a shop class at that school I don't th- well I know we didn't but I don't think that was a shop room or 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 it used to be a shop room something like that I don't remember it's it's been a million years. Uh, I'm gonna have to ask somebody with better memory than me who went to my elementary school, or somebody who has kids who go to that elementary school. Well, they might have converted it after this many years. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure. I need a I need a, a local parent, or I need my buddy Andy who remembers everything. Or or you need a Schultz, because then you could just go back with Schultz and figure <laughs> it out. Schultz time machine. We just need one of the Schultz to get us into it. I uh, God, it's such an obscure deep cut from our own show. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> what were we thinking? We're dumb. <laughs> yes, we are. So, the uh, uh, bar gets led to the uh, seized property room. And it's like a police locker, which, like, you know, you need a key to get into and stuff. And did you see some of the stuff lining in the room? Yeah. So, Skinner lists a couple of things. So, mm-hmm. we get the occasional issues of mad, crazy, sometimes cracked. Uh-huh. Um, or cracked, then crazy. Um, right, yeah. There's a plastic derriere. Uh-huh. There's what Bart takes, a f- crossbow, a functional <laughs> crossbow. Yeah, that's not good. That's How did that end up? Oh, yeah, right, Springfield Elementary. Uh, how did he get away with taking the crossbow? How was Skinner like, no, 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 that's a weapon? No, you be careful with that, young man. I know, <laughs> as he cocks it back. Uh, Bart killed a small animal. He's on his path to be a serial killer with that. Yeah, he probably is. You're not wrong. Oh, there's also salacious halter tops. Yeah. Which is weird that he uses the word salacious in an elementary, elementary school. school. That's a little weird when you put it in that context. Uh, but uh, you also see like spray paint slingshots lining the, the room. Uh, also, for those who don't know, mad, cracked, and crazy. Uh, crazy and cracked were kind of imitations of Mad Magazine, and Mad Magazine was sort of like a, a gag magazine. Yeah, it was a gag know. parody magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it made it made fun of hippies, and I mean, that's when it started in like the, the uh, but early it made, 60s? It made, it's 60s. It made fun of all facets of pop culture. Oh, sure, yeah. It made fun of the movies and stuff, and yeah, crap like that. But I... Uh, in fact, we get a reference to Mad in the second to last episode of The Simpsons. Bart will go to the mad offices in New oh, York City. Oh, yeah, he does. Wow. Can't wait to get to that. It'll be a while from and now. And this show. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. So uh, the the school newspaper flashes by, you know, that like food fights have been foiled. You know, things are going good. Uh, then a teacher comes back to school. Yeah. What's that teacher's name? Mr. Glasscock. So when I was young, I always thought his name was Mr. Fullasscock. <laughs> I thought Skinner said full ass cock. That's somehow even worse than glass cock. <laughs> it's pretty good though. I'm I'm not saying it ain't. So I, uh, you know, I didn't know how they got away with full ass cock. I'll be honest. <laughs> I thought that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so Millhouse is now picking on Kearney because of like this weird like in- enforcement put on the school, and so you know Bart's like, "Come on, let's go to detention or whatever." And Millhouse is yelling, and he's like, "Sure, we have order, but at what price?" And it's like, Milhouse, you're just abusing the authority that you now have as Bart's friend. Yeah. That's all this is. Uh, Lisa, however, is in her classroom carving a Jolly Roger of her own head into the desk. Similar to how Bart has his, you know, which frequently shows up in merchandise. Similar to what you used to do in school. Make Jolly Rogers? Yeah. Yeah, and pirates are cool. Pirates are cool. Pirates oh. are I wanted, cool. I wanted to be one. <laughs> are. You get get it. it. <clears throat> anyway. So, uh, you know, Miss Hoover is like, you know, like, Lisa, who, who, you know, which, you know, American figure was known as Old Hickory? And she's like, I don't know. You. <laughs> Damn, Lisa, that's so good. And then she's like, if, Lisa, if you bothered to study, you'd know that it was the Battle of New Orleans. Now, I mean, Andrew Jackson. And Lisa's perhaps the greatest zing of the episode. You're earning your 18K a year. Damn, Lisa, you're on fire. Also, teachers are criminally underpaid. Teachers are criminally underpaid. In fact, (laughs) I looked up the average pay of teachers currently at this time period. Oh, yeah? So in 2019, the average pay of a teacher in Michigan is $36,599. 
It's would that have been about eighteen k back then? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it would be about. Yeah, that's oof. I uh, so Lisa's you know got detention. She's cleaning erasers and she's you know muttering to herself about how the teachers wouldn't be so smart if it wasn't for their precious teachers editions, which she just sees lying on a desk. So Lisa runs around the school, bags up all of the teachers' editions. She's a badass. Yes, she is. I gotta give her credit. If I would have thought of this in school, I would have done it. Hides them away in her locker. Well, that's dumb, but that's her only big mistake here. But Lisa's kind of riding high on the chaos, and you know the the kind of the, uh, you know, just what's the phrase I want to use? You know that like kind of petty wrongdoing kind of thing, and so she's not thinking. The teachers are at a loss. One of them is yelling about how, I think it's a Krabappel yells like, declare a snow day. And then one of the other teachers is like, does anyone know the multiplication table? And Skinner's like, don't panic. They can smell fear. And he like opens the blinds. You see the kids out at recess. Uh, Krabappel's plan is what, Sean? She's going to have uh, everyone's favorite student, Martin, go up in front of the class and teach class. Well, I wouldn't know the first thing. Eh, get up there, brainiac. <laughs> One of the other teachers is like, did I ever kill, tell you kids about the 60s? And Hoover, Hoover is, loses. she's <laughs> having a panic attack. She gets out into the hall and she's like, calm blue oceans, calm blue oceans, calm blue oceans, as the kids are yelling from the classroom. Mr. Glasscock has had enough. He's leaving the profession for a good. And uh, Skinner's like, please reconsider. And he's like, nah, and he runs away. Bart calmly steps out of Skinner's bathroom. Washing his hands, nonchalant. He's feeling okay. And Skinner lets him know that the police have not turned anything up yet. And we get another cutaway. Oh, and my it, God. <laughs> this might be the funniest cutaway in the entire series. It's so good. The Wiggum is outside the library. He's like, the dogs have the smell of books, boys. And it's just the public library. And he's like, send in the battering ram. And we see the battering ram. Bash open the door. And it legitimately bashes open the library and just crashes through. It's so good. And it's weird that they like animated a weird little scene like that, but didn't reanimate some of the, like, the, the like, characters talking. Yeah. Weird. Oh, my God. That scene makes me lose it. Oh, God. I love it. They've picked up the smell of books, boys. <laughs> Send in the battering ram. <laughs> Bart says, oh, and we also see on the, uh, which which will fade away as time goes by, but we see El Bardo on the, uh, uh, the uh, staircase leading into the library. You know, we don't see that spray painted very often later on in the series. Uh, Bart says, let's do random locker searches. And Skinner is like, I don't think that, uh, you know, random locker ser- searches are permitted by the Supreme Court. Bart's response is, pfft. The Supreme Court. What have they done for us lately? Skinner's like, let's roll. So, let's talk about random locker searches for a second. Yes. They are permitted because the locker is not your property. I was going to say, yeah, they are absolutely permitted. So, to all of our younger listeners who are doing horrible things in school, (laughs) heads up, keep stuff in your backpack because they can't search your backpack. I mean, they probably can. No, they can't. Really? Not legally? Not without a warrant. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I, Unless it is actually visible on something in your backpack, they cannot search your backpack. Oh, that just seems like an oversight. No, it's like the same rules for if something's in your trunk of your car. They can't search it unless there's a reason to search it. Okay, so... It's, the, it's to keep pe- the police from harassing and keeping them from having too much power. Okay, and that's that's fair. And it there's basically the, stops profiling. Well, and also the key phrase is, unless like they have reason to believe. Yes. And then at that point, they can just do whatever they want because they had reason to believe. Yeah, if Timmy O'Toole had a note that said he was going to shoot up the school, well, then they can search his backpack. Right, right. Yeah, because absolutely. they have reason to believe it. That makes sense. But okay. if they think just Johnny Kid over here... Who's black. ...has a, drugs in his backpack, they can't search it for no reason. I got you. No, that absolutely makes yeah. sense. Okay. So... Uh, th- there's a weird little like uh, Batman thing where the Bart face flies forward. Isn't that a Batman thing? Yeah, it's Batman. You know, Batman like, 66. And like it cuts to uh, Skinner and Bart opening like every locker. And, you know, so like, you know, Bart opens one and it's filled with like thousands of dollars for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Whose locker was that? Uh... I mean, probably one of the, like, ne'er-do-wells of the school. Who's the rich kid hiding all that money? The one who's a drug dealer. Oh, okay. Kearney? 
No, Kearney's got to pay child support. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's storing in his locker, so he doesn't have to pay child support. <laughs> he hides it in a locker at school, so he doesn't have to pay child support. That's that's the way to do it. Uh, Skinner opens one and finds like a stuffed panda and like rips it open and like you know looks inside and throws it away. Okay, so I got a story about that. Oh yeah. So my brother's a bigger guy, mm-hmm. and he's got a big beard. Yeah, yeah. And every single time he would cross the border into Canada, mm-hmm. he would get searched. They would always search his car. Uh-huh. So one time, he pulls up to the Canadian border. Uh-huh. They search his car. They take everything out. And he's got a stuffed Pikachu in the back of his car. Uh-huh. And they just cut it open. <laughs> oh, right no, in his Pikachu. Ear. He's like, no, Pikachu. Pika. And they didn't even say they were sorry. Man, you should at least apologize for murdering Pikachu. I know, right? It didn't faint or anything. It's dead. <laughs> Pikachu is dead. So, oh, by the way, while they're uh, opening the lockers, we forgot the best part. They're playing the Beverly Hills Cop theme. Hell yeah, they are. And that was in Radio Bart previously. Yep. So that means that they had to get the rights to it. They had it for a certain amount of time, and they just like squeezed it into as many episodes as possible, right? No, I believe it's actually um, a Fox music license, so they had owned the rights to it. Oh, so they could just, they, back then at least... Maybe yeah. even now, they could keep using it whenever they want. That's why they own the rights to the Batman 66, and we'll hear the theme for it at some point. Oh. They own the rights to the Imperial March at some point, so we hear it for oh, okay. It's because they own the rights to those songs, and they can do whatever they want with them. Man, why don't they always use the Imperial March for Burns? That was only like once or twice, tops. Well, because they lost the rights, and then oh. those rights went back to them oh, as yeah. they became under the big Disney umbrella. Oh, we love you, Mouse. Yeah. Sponsor our show. <laughs> Please sponsor our show. <laughs> I'd love to, boys. So, just send us t shirts or something. It'd be really cool, Disney. Come on. <laughs> come on. It's anything. So, uh, Bart, however, finally finds the teacher's editions. And as he opens up the locker and peels the books back, and I love the imagery, he sees that there's a photo taped to the back of the wall of the locker, and it is of his own family. Lisa then slams the door shut. And Bart has the realization that his sister is the one who stole the books. Lisa's defense is, in your pre-fascist days, you knew the giddy thrill of feudal rebellion. And Bart, like, levels with her. He's like, Lisa, you're looking at expulsion for sure. Which is kind of crazy to steal away teacher's editions and get expelled. I got threatened to get expelled. Uh, for stealing teacher's editions, though? No. For talking mm. about things post-Columbine. Oh. In a frank discussion about how they were dumb. There were better ways they could have done it. I remember when that. When you have a frank discussion about something, I believe you're allowed to talk about things and voice your opinion. They were dumb. There were better ways they could have done it. <laughs> ah, it's all coming back to me now, I Sean. I stand by that. I stand by that. I stand by replacement, Sean. The little styrofoam cutout of me that took my place while I was gone? Sean. I guess I just should know. You miss replacement, Sean, don't you? I do. I really do. But in my pre-fascist days, I knew the giddy thrill of feudal rebellion, <laughs> Sean, so I get it. I uh, Skinner tells Bart that, and this is, I think, the one moment in The Simpsons that I think is utter, utter bullshit. He tells Bart that he saved the school $120. There is no fucking way in hell teacher's edition books for an entire school are $120. Maybe $120 per book. That is impossible. There is no way. Springfield Elementary is a small school. Mm -hmm. If there were only six grades, six classes, Mm -hmm. that would mean that... The books are 20 bucks a piece. I don't buy it. I could see that in 1990. I could see that in 1990. I don't know, man. Like, maybe? I just feel like there's no way. Like, so much of that stuff gets super overpriced. Textbooks and stuff? Oh, yeah, they do get super overpriced. Way overpriced. And I mean, even back then, I don't think they were that cheap. Maybe? Maybe in the early 90s, they, like, you know, like, you know, people didn't realize, oh, wait, we can make a mint off of textbooks. Uh, but anyway. We have, uh, you know, Bart and Lisa and Skinner demands to know who stole the books. And as Lisa looks downtrodden and begins to accept that she's going to get expelled, Bart steps up and he goes, it was me. 
and Bart takes the fall. Skinner says that all the signs pointed to a rogue hall monitor. Skinner's going to go lenient on him, though, right? Because he did such good works for the school. Did good work for the school, so he's giving him 400 days detention. Bah, 400 days. I could do that standing on my head. All right, 500. Ooh, 500, big man. 600 days. Maybe I should keep my big mouth shut. (laughs) That's like two years of school, right? There's no way you can assign 600 days of detention. (laughs) Unless they, like... Bart spends double time or triple time and like doesn't go home until like seven, eight o'clock. Bart's just there till ten at night. <laughs> Man, I'm just gonna stay for like the next three weeks and uh, I'll just do twenty four hour days and I'll be fine. I uh, so Millhouse is somehow his replacement as he takes Bart out of the office. I would have preferred if Martin was his replacement. That'd have been a little better, I think. But I mean, earlier you mentioned that Millhouse is the military strong man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so Lisa wants to know why he did it. Bart was riding high. Bart potentially could have moved on and done big things. And, well, he still could. And he will. He'll become a member of the Supreme Court later, which he complained about in this episode. Yeah. I'll have to remember that. Uh, But he tells Lisa that she has the brains and the talent to go far. And Bart will be right there waiting to borrow money. (laughs) And uh, Bert's the best. And so, yeah, he, uh, he, you know, jokingly blows it off because to him, his sister means way more than his future does. And that, I think, is pretty incredible. Bart then is in uh, uh, a random classroom writing, uh, what is it, like, I will not expose the ignorance of the faculty or yep. something. And uh, as far as that goes, uh, uh, Lisa's outside the window playing her saxophone for him we see that lisa has embraced the fact that she's going to move out and you know go on to be a great jazz musician and bart yells out sounding good lise and the episode ends it's a great ending amazing ending i love this episode so much and you're right there are a few weird things the trivialization of the homemaker and the reused animation here and there are a little on the iffy side oh yeah it's a great episode but it's got its flaws it does But Sean, what would you say the lasting impact is? Because I know mine. Mine is that we get to see what would happen if the kids switched roles. Role reversal. Role reversal is fantastic in this episode. Yeah, the the fact that we get to see what happens when Bart starts to kind of ride the good track and Lisa then falls hard onto the bad track, like we get to see something really interesting. And here's the thing. Does Lisa ever fall off that good track ever again in The Simpsons? She is, like, incorruptible moving forward after this. In The Real Simpsons, no. She fakes it when she goes to away for summer. Okay, but she's not really faking, like, she's not necessarily, she's like... rebellious, but she's not faking being a bad kid. Yeah, and even then, it's not like she's being that rebellious. She's just, like, kind of saying things to the, these other kids. She's not really being that. Like, you know, whatever. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so, like, you know, we, we see that a little bit, but, you know, that's pales in comparison to her telling a teacher to shove it. Oh, yeah, which is awesome. It's really badass. I... <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I feel like you're you're absolutely right, John. The the role reversal is something we won't ever see again. Nope, and it was fantastic. They should have gone back to it. Well, they went to so many other plots over and over again. They maybe, might as well have done it for this. Maybe we should have role reversaled Marge and Homer. Well, we kind of got that with Homer well, alone. I mean, yeah, to a degree, but it wasn't like, you he know. He wasn't taking care of all the kids. Yeah. He, he really got off we, we easy. We kind of get it when she's a cop a little bit. Yeah, once again. more. But that's almost more of like the roles of like feminine, uh, feminineness and like masculinity and stuff. Yeah. You know, it's it's not so much like they're, well, I don't know, maybe to a degree I, I would agree with that. Uh, but Sean, as far as that goes, what is your Favorite quote of the episode. Before that, I have something very special to bring up. Yeah? Do you know what episode this is? What is it? This is episode 53 of The Simpsons. 53? So I want to give a big shout out to everyone who's listened to us from day one, because this is our first episode of year two. Oh, is this this our our second second year? year of Noiseland Arcade. Really? Yep. Wow. Two years of Noiseland Arcade. Yeah, we're going on year two, and we're just as far off the tracks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're not we're not we're not doing great. No. We're not doing great, guys. 
Not oh. doing great in the least. Try, we need help. Go to patreon.com slash gamesmedia. Help the network out. We really need it. Support us. We're, 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 we're creating hard. <laughs> we're just going off those tracks like a bad kid. We're going to go in the bad kid's bathroom in a second and smoke cigarettes in class. I'll smoke it on the show. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sean, what is your favorite quote of the episode? So mine is an exchange between Bart and J. Lauren Pryor. Uh-huh. Before I saw these test results, I had you pegged as a drifter. And Bart says, wow, and a drifter. And we cut to Bart as an adult drifter. He's got torn up trench coat on, jacket. He's hitchhiking. He says, lousy sheriff, run me out of town. He's lost my vote. <laughs> he gets splashed with water, and Bart cuts back to it, and he goes, cool. <laughs> so my favorite quote is an exchange between Homer and Marge. Marge starts and says, Bart's grades are up a bit, but Lisa's are way down. Homer then says, oh, we always have one good kid and one lousy kid. Why can't both our kids be good? We have three kids, Homer. Marge, the dog doesn't count as a kid. No, Maggie. Maggie.